welcome to Making Good Choices podcast. I am your host, Sarah Quizera, and I am here with my husband, Emma. Yes, what's up, everyone? What's up? I hope you had an exciting week. Uh-huh. And we are back with episode three of uh, this wonderful uh, podcast. Yep, so this week we are still in a lockdown and... There's nothing too much that's changed on the outside, except we have started to work out. (laughs) The trainer has started coming to our house again. So instead of us going to the gym, the trainer is coming to our house. And he said something very funny to my husband. Do you want to tell them, babe? Uh, He's like, he's at war with my stomach. (laughs) He's at war with his stomach. He said, this week I'm at war with your stomach. It was the funniest thing. And has it felt like he's at war with your stomach? Uh, what I, all I know is it's a, a refreshing moment. Like getting fitter, getting more fresh, and uh, working out is a good thing. <laughs> you feel refreshed. I feel sore, but I'm right. ex- I'm excited to, to right. tone up, as they say. But also, we have some cool stuff happening at Share the Love. Sure, yeah, we got a lot of projects being prepared and running through. Uh, kids being empowered with skills so that they can impact the community in a special way, right? Yeah, so they're learning skills like baking, sewing, uh, painting, building, and it's all for the community. So the kids are learning it, but whatever they make is going to be used to bless the community. It's, and it's really going to be amazing. We get to employ people who are around in our church, who are around in our community. It's going to be so awesome. And the kids are going to get life skills. So that's so cool. We also both got the opportunity to preach this week. We both preached a sermon in preparation for weeks to come. So my hubby preached an amazing word, and he has been preaching for a long time. A lot of you may not know that, but he may be kind of quiet on here. But once he starts preaching the word of God, he cannot stop and he can <laughs> preach to a wall. And I am learning. I am learning by the Holy Spirit. He's he's had given me instruction a while back to be studying on communication from platforms. And I'm like, you know, whenever you get an instruction like that, You don't know at that moment why. (laughs) And so now I'm starting to take all the classes and look up (laughs) the strategy. But I'm so grateful. And it's definitely a learning thing. You know, the past few weeks, I've started a podcast and preaching. So it's very interesting. I don't know about you guys, but there's... I always get songs in my head. And typically, when, when they come in my head... I don't know why they're there <laughs> because I haven't been singing them but this this well today not this week but today I have the song great turning graves into gardens mm. in my head wow and it's just it's I just know that th- that's what God is doing through wow. this this podcast and there's a part in there where it says there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. So I just know that that the Lord is ready to do something so amazing in your lives as he's done in ours and he continues to do. He continues to amaze us, right, babe? Right, and I'm really excited about what God is doing in such a season. Yeah. Right. And in this podcast today, you get to hear from one of my friends. This story is so sweet. And this woman, her name is Faith. And I met her here in Uganda. She's actually one of our friends. Her and her husband, we met them doing some ministry together. We actually went to Emma's brother's church, who is a pastor. 
and we went to his church to share about what were we sharing about babe uh we're trying to encourage the guys who are still single and try to realign them <laughs> try to realign them yeah sure. it, was, it was like a singles date night we tried to realign them and um it was funny because both of us as couples had been married less than a year (laughs) and we're trying to realign them talk to them about marriage it was very funny but um you'll hear a little bit of that story and just know that that god answers the prayers that you pray i prayed for us to have friends and guess what he gave us friends with a very similar story as us so take a listen to episode three of the making good choices podcast and if you missed an episode go back and listen but we're so glad to have you on and enjoy amen welcome faith to making good choices podcast thank you so much for inviting me this is exciting well, I am so excited to have you. It's one of those things that that I was looking forward to because I love talking to you. Oh, I love talking to you. Like you're like the perfect talk host, I think. <laughs> because I want to know everything. <laughs> I receive that. I receive that. <laughs> so, just for the people listening, so you and I met when we were going with our husbands who are Ugandans. Yeah. Yes. to talk to single people mm-hmm. <laughs> about being married. And both of That's us right. have been married less than a year. Yeah. Well, we were talking to them about being single too, but but I remember on the way there, first of all, I had been praying for friends. I was like, Aww. God, I need some friends. friends <laughs> I feel that, you. I definitely feel yeah. you. Yeah, right. You, you can relate probably. Yeah, I'm like-minded like, friends. Yep. Someone who, you know, I don't necessarily have to pastor or pour into, but have a similar story as me. And I remember thinking, is there anybody that has a similar story who who's going to relate? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then literally on the way to the church that we spoke at, at the same time, on the way there, I remember being like, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, this girl's going to be your friend. Aww. And when we got there and I heard your story, ah, I was like, this girl's my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you said you hate bugs, <laughs> when you, when you said right. you have a bug issue, I, I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh, this girl is my friend. I will, I know I was creepy because I was like, I was telling Emma. I am going to go up there and I'm going to tell her we're going to be friends. (laughs) Do not let her leave. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So this is exciting. I want people to know like who you are. So it's funny because they're not going to see your video. They're just going to hear your voice. I wonder if they can guess where you're from, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, tell us where you're from. Tell us how in the world did you end up in Uganda? Yeah, well, I'm from Australia, um, from Melbourne, so right down below. Um, I was born there, but my background, both my parents are Malaysian Chinese. So, But they moved to Australia 30 years ago. And so my siblings and I, we were born and raised or bred in Australia. And um, 26 Uh years later, I find myself in Uganda. Right. Which I so, never imagined in my life. Never. Really? Never so would have done Did you ever it. have Africa like in your mind or like had well, you been to Africa before? I had never been to Africa. I, from young, I've always wanted to, I've always had it in my heart to, to serve, um, particularly, like, you know, children and um, the vulnerable children and those who don't have, you know, such a, well, an opportunity in life. Um, that's always wow. been, you know, from a really young age. And I always said, I want to go to um, Africa or I want to go to um, a less privileged country. Um, so that's always been in my heart. But never in a million years that I imagine I would marry Ugandan or actually <laughs> move, you know? 
<laughs> right. You know, after and, spending my whole life in Australia, I was like, yeah, maybe this is where, you know, I should end up. I'm comfortable here. All my family and friends are here. Um, and then I unexpectedly met my husband. <laughs> and you didn't even meet him in Uganda or in no. Australia. No, neither. I met <laughs> not, him in not Israel. How did you guys meet? We, we met in Israel, my husband Gideon and I. Um, we met in Israel in September 2014. And, I wow. mean, I never thought I'd marry an African, like just never. And I don't know how, but um, I always tell, well, this is my version of the story, is um, he caught my eye when he was on stage, when he was worship leading. In fact, we had had breakfast together because my mom and Gideon, my husband, um, <laughs> they became friends first. So we would have like dinner sometimes in the um, cafeteria together or breakfast. And then one morning after we had breakfast, I saw him in the auditorium and he was worship leading. And I was like, wow. that cannot be the same guy I just had breakfast with. <laughs> Oh, wow. So you, you had breakfast with him before you even saw him leading worship. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because <laughs> your mom like, no, did that. Yes, my mom did that. <laughs> my mom and him were friends first. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. So, yeah, he caught my eye on stage. I was like, wow, who is this guy? Like, he has such a powerful voice um, and is such an anointed worship leader. And I guess it's history from there. <laughs> and then... And and how many years ago was that? In 2014. So almost and, seven years ago. Wow. That, yeah, that's in September we'll be making seven years. In September. Didn't you get married in September? Yeah, we actually did. <laughs> wow. I actually, never, so you... I actually never put that together. <laughs> that's until now. That's so weird. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. Well, that that's really funny. So you saw this Remember, guy leading worship and did you pursue him then or did he pursue you? Like what was that like? It was it was very um no, I I didn't pursue him. We we remained as friends and and everything um and he started showing interest. Um, but I think there was chemistry between us, which was really unexpected because, I mean, I wasn't looking to start a relationship with him. You know, we were just friends and right. I had met him through my mom. Um, so, and I don't know, I don't, I always think the guy should pursue the woman. That's just me. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so yeah, he pursued, yeah. but he was extremely shy. So in that first year, he was very um, reserved and shy and, he he was there on a mission, you know, he was there to minister, to worship lead. So his rule was when, when I'm on a mission trip, I don't, you know, I'm not going to make contact with anyone my age or any single girls, you know, that was oh his. Gosh. So he yes. didn't even look me in the eye. He didn't want to look what? me in the eye. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. Um, and he, yeah. So, but it was he over was time. He was serious like, about that rule. He was so <laughs> serious about that. He didn't look me in the eye and... He even brushed me off once, and I was like, oh, okay, that's super strange, but all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my but goodness. then he, according to him, he said some of them, his friends um, wanted to pursue me in Israel, and he said, oh, no, that girl's already taken. I've asked her out, and in, in fact, he hadn't yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he when hadn't. somebody else tried to get his woman, he says, nope, she's mine. She's accounted for. <laughs> <laughs> wow and, and but you um, know what if, that rule is so true like I remember bringing mission teams to Uganda mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm like the number one rule is you don't make any big decisions on a mission trip like you don't quit <laughs> your job you don't move to move to the place mm. you don't start any relationships especially if if you're like on a mission trip or especially if it's yeah. the people there the people yes. who you're working with. Yeah. So that's really funny that he had that same kind of <laughs> that same kind um, of mindset. Yeah, thoughts, yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that over that year we you know, we communicated through, you know, texts and phone calls and he asked me out. Um, he goes, he asked me out over the phone and then when we when we met the following in you in Israel, because we were both there for a conference. 
Um, that's when he formally oh. asked me, and he's like, "So, how is this gonna work? You know, um, what's it gonna look like?" And we were like, "Let's just try it." And if it's God's will for us to be together, we'll stay together. If not, we'll just we'll see what happens. <laughs> so we honestly wow. took it one day at a time. I love that phrase. Let's just try. <laughs> what did <laughs> what did trying look like when you are in Australia and he's in Uganda? Yeah. Well, it definitely took a lot of um communication. Communication is so important, especially when you're in a long distance relationship. And he was terrible. He was a terrible <laughs> communicator. You know what is so funny is that I used to think that about Emma when when we were across the ocean from each other. Like, oh my goodness. I would always fuss at him. Why haven't you messaged me? I shouldn't be messaging you. You should call me. Yes. And then I realized that now he never checks his phone. So there's people who are waiting still for him to respond. And I'm like, this oh is why. Oh my goodness. You know what? Gideon is the same. I must say he is definitely, he's definitely improved. Um, but yeah, there, sometimes I have to go through his phone um, and uh-huh. respond on his behalf because. <laughs> right. Right. But, but I felt the same as you, Sarah. I was like, why does this guy not message me? Why doesn't he reach out? Three weeks, one month could pass and he would send me a text message or, or call me. I'm like, what is this guy's issue? And I've said to him several times, I'm like, I don't even know how I ended up with you. Like, I would never tolerate that. in the- <laughs> Seriously, if it was someone, you know, I don't know about you, but if somebody was in the States and they were communicating like that, uh-uh. Yeah. No. Same. Like, you, you same get on the chopping block. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm That's the same hilarious. So, so, how long did yeah. you guys date? We dated for six years. No, yeah, six years. Almost six years. Almost six years wow. Wow. Um, before we married. We well, okay. actually said, coming uh-huh. to the second year of your um, long-distance relationship, um, you know, we talked about where is our relationship headed and what does it look like. And so, mm-hmm. we actually put in a five-year plan. Gideon said, give me five years. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay, that's five bold. Years. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get that, things, that, you know. That's so bold. Oh, my it goodness. So, when you think about it, five years is a long time. It's a long time. Half a decade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was still young, so and I wasn't ready for marriage yet. But still, when you think about it, five years is a long time. Um, right. So, yeah, he, I said, okay, five years is fine. We both agreed in five years. And we said, let's see what happens at the end of five years. And he proposed to me in December 31st, 2018, when I was in Uganda. Oh, my Just goodness. Just a few so days how, before I left for home, before I left Did home. you guys, like, how often did you guys see each other over the course of five years or six years? We only saw each other. So we met in 2014. We saw each other again in 2015. Then we didn't meet for two years. And then I made the decision to visit. He wanted to come to Australia, but I said, why don't I come to Uganda first? So, you know, it's easier for, it'll be easier for me to come there and also for me to feel it, you know, because if anyone was going to move, it was going to be me. Um, really? So in so you knew yeah, that from the get-go? Yeah, I knew that from, yeah, the get-go. So 2017, wow. I visited. For the first time, I stepped into Africa. <laughs> Wow. Um, wow. And then I visited again in t- the following year, 2018, and that's when he proposed to me. Um, and then 2019 was when we had, in November 2019 is when we had planned to get married, but um, um, my parents needed more time. They requested uh-huh. we postpone the wedding. So five weeks before our wedding, we postponed it. Um and, you know, I had to tell my friends, my family, you know, those who had bought tickets to come. I said, no, the wedding's postponed. We need right. a bit more time. Um, and then I spent three months in Uganda during that time. Then we went back home. Which and, is so good. Yeah. That three was months. Three months. And I must say, during those three months, um, that was our breaking point because – our emotions were high and we had to postpone the wedding. I was going through a lot myself personally. You know, I wanted my parents' support. I wanted their blessing. Um, but at the right. same time, I wanted, to, I wanted to marry Gideon. And so 
we definitely, um, we had a lot of um, differences then, Gideon and I, and we definitely argued through a lot. We nut, we you really had to nut things out. Um, yeah, it was it was a breaking point, but I I always look back at that time as so beneficial and something that really strengthened our relationship and marriage. I feel like we needed to go through that time before we actually got married. So looking back, I am definitely very grateful for those three months. Ah, so. And that's, that's one thing, the talking about everything, the, I, I feel like now, like that probably just set you up for success. Like you can do all the counseling, you can do all the, the wedding prep, but Mm. when you have like those down and dirty conversations, (laughs) (laughs) like the, what do they call it? Intense fellowship. Like you, you know, if that person is for you. Yeah. Or or not. Yeah. Like, you know, if you can push through, which I yeah. feel like the tenacity that you guys had at that time helped you because you mm. had to have some tenacity to get here. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, whatever doesn't break you, it makes you and makes you stronger as a couple. Um, and so those obstacles, challenges, um, we saw each other's strengths and weaknesses. And where I was weak, that you know, where my weak points were his strong points. Um, So, and we really resolved a lot, you know, um, and how we both deal with circumstances. So. Wow. And then, so you postponed the wedding and then you decided in 2020. Yes. (laughs) what What I love about you is that like your role in my life is funny because you and I both have the people who have gone before us and like travailed these Mm -hmm. things. But then I love that you went right before me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you went right before me. So even like the good restaurants, you get, you get to tell me those things, the salon, (laughs) the, the things that I need to make me feel like I'm at home, which really helped this help me in making this home. But, mm. but what I love is that is that part about, you know, you went before me. But with that being said, in 2020, you decided that you were coming here yes. <laughs> when things were super crazy in Uganda crazy. anyway. Mm-hmm. In, and around, around the, the world. world. <laughs> yeah. And in, especially in Australia. Yeah. So what was that like? How did you guys come up with the timing and everything? We It was, oh, God, God, because... Um, I went after spending three months in Uganda, I went back um, to spend more time with my family and to um, start planning a wedding again and sitting to sit down with my parents and say, okay, in six months time, we'd like to get married. So I'm giving you an extra six months. Um, uh-huh. How can we make this work? You know, because at the same time, you're my parents and I want to honor you and I, and I want you both there at my wedding. I want your blessing. So went back there and... Um, I was juggling a lot um, because there were so many thoughts that went through my head. First of all, COVID came and Australia went into lockdown um, and I had a lot of fear, a lot of doubt. I'm like, God, is this your will? Like, should I move? Like, are you calling me to Uganda or is this what I want? Is it just because I love Gideon, you know? Um, So I was extremely torn. Uh, and I love my family, you know, and I love Australia. It's where yep. I grew up. So it was a huge decision um, and a scary one. <laughs> right. And I said, God, you are the only one who can, who can, you know, um, bring peace to my heart and the decision that I make. I said, please give me a, another confirmation as to whether or not this is your will. And this and is said, like, just, what, what month would you say that is? That was in, oh, I even have it here. It it was in June. In June So we had, yeah, 2nd of June. Mm-hmm. Or was it 3rd? So 2nd of June. So I had actually planned, we had actually planned to get married in May. And wow. all those, all those decisions or plans. And so we kept pushing. We're like, okay, since May didn't work, let's try June. June didn't work, but let's try July <laughs> until I made it out of the really? country. But yeah, but 2nd June is when I got a word from the Lord. Um, and it was from Mark 8, um, verse 34, and also Mark 10, I think verse 29. Gosh. Mark 8 says, um, whoever desires to come after me, 
um, and let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me and so on. And then also Mark 10 says, it's the one where it says, surely I say to you, if you haven't left brothers, sisters, mother or father for my sake um, or for the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the lifetime to come. And so those scriptures spoke in my heart and it was so clear, like the Lord was saying to me, Faith, you can, you can, it's your choice. No one's forcing you. You can stay in Australia. You can stay in this life that you're used to, you're comfortable with, uh, where mm. everything you know is, you know. Or if you um, choose to go to Uganda, that then you are actually losing your life, but you're winning it mm. for my sake. And it spoke to me. It was like a still. Um, okay, don't make me heart. cry because I feel like I'm reliving my life. <laughs> don't make me cry, please. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. And I was like, but what do I do about my parents? Um, yes. So yes. I had to make that tough decision of going ahead with what I felt was right in my heart, whether or not my parents agreed with it. Um, so, yeah, the Lord made a way. Before coming, I had to seek exemption to leave Australia, but also exemption to enter Uganda. I got my so when exemption. You say exemption is that, that's from the government. Yeah, the clearance from the government from both okay. both sides, both countries. So wow. I think within okay. three weeks, I got my clearance to leave Australia. Um, but the harder one was to enter Uganda because I wasn't a citizen, really? and at the time <laughs> they were only allowing citizens in. Actually, before even I got before I got the exemption, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pack up my room. I packed up my room. I put everything really? in boxes and I shipped it to Uganda. Before Are I you got serious? The yeah. <laughs> so all of your stuff was already going. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know what? This is happening. Wow. So I packed my things in faith and I shipped it over. And I said, now I just have to wait for me to get over there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> and so you're you're living there waiting on the exemption. You get it. And then what happens? And then um I did a COVID test. I had to do two. So I did two. And then three is it two and a half days before um I was supposed to fly, someone from the airline called me and said, Have you done a COVID test? I said, Yes, I did it um a few days ago and they're like, You have to do a new one or you're not gonna be allowed on the plane. And I was like, are you kidding me? No, they told me a day before. No, two nights before, two nights before. I said, are you kidding me? You're telling me in the um, in the evening when all clinics are about to close, I have to, if I do it tomorrow morning, my flight is the next day, it's not going to come back in time because it takes a minimum of five days. And she's like, well, if you don't do it, you can't get on the plane. So I, the next day, went straight to the clinic and I, did it first thing in the morning and I asked the attendant I said the one who was taking my swab I said I'm traveling tomorrow um will my results be back in time and she looked at me and she's like no and I was like oh my goodness and she goes I can I can mark it as urgent but that's the most I can do oh my goodness so much fear but also so much prayer you know I was like you know what if it's God's will this test results will come out I think it was Three out four, I think four hours before I was meant to leave for the airport, I got my results back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but when the actual like, okay, I had a an issue with the COVID stuff too, like with the COVID mm -hmm. test, not the COVID okay. stuff. But yeah. the funny thing was, is that when I was expecting that, and it was that last minute COVID test. I, I had to take mm -hmm. three tests because mine were, it was kind of the same as you. But I remember my nose was running, my head, like oh my the God. symptoms, yeah. you know, like the, not even COVID yes. symptoms, but like regular co cold symptoms yeah. were there. And I was like, <laughs> no, they were like, do you have symptoms? No. And then when they walked yeah. away, I could tell, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. But what I remember is like, tell me about the experience when there was that moment when my parents took me to the airport and two of my closest mm -hmm. friends Aww. and I got in the security line mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, there is literally no turning back. Yeah, I'm, this is I'm, it. Wa I'm walking in. Yeah. I'm walking into purpose. Like, this is it. 
Mm-hmm. What was that like yeah. for you? It was so scary. And and mind you, my, my family wasn't on board yet. So I still mm-hmm. had that that guilt. Um, oh, wow. And um, I was so torn because it was locked down. So only my twin sister, only one person could take me to the airport. She couldn't even walk me in. She had, we Are had you to serious? Stop. I mean, I was in tears and I had, I had, it was like something was stuck in my throat. Like oh I just, gosh. I was so upset, you know, and I was so torn. I was like, I love my family. When am I going to see them again? Um, and I knew my parents were upset because they didn't want me to go. So that was something that really broke me. Um, so yeah, leaving was extremely hard. I did not have any rest on the plane and the journey from Melbourne to Dubai is 14 and a half hours. So I was so, I was just wide awake and I had all these thoughts running through my head and I'm like, this is it. I can't turn back um, because even if I wanted to turn back, I have to get exemption to go back to Australia. <laughs> and I sort of, yeah, oh, I have to wait for that exemption. So um, I had a lot of fear and doubt, I would say that. And the whole journey, I was just restless. Um, and, and when I... And then it was just chaotic because I arrived in, I stopped in, um, was it Dubai or Qatar? I think it was Qatar. Um, and uh-huh. it was a 21-hour layover. Um, oh, wow. And then I had to catch a flight from there to Ethiopia. I arrive in Ethiopia and they tell me, You're, I check in and everything. I'm waiting there for five hours and I go and check in and, and I wait at the gate and nobody's at the gate. So I'm like, oh, this is strange, but okay. Um, oh an officer comes up to me and was like, where are you going? And I'm like, to Uganda. And they're like, there is no flight to Uganda. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so emotional at this point. He told yeah. me that I burst into tears. I will be honest with you. I was so oh sleep God. deprived. I was so emotional. Um, and it had been, it had been already two and a half days of traveling. Um, and I said, what do you uh, yes. mean? Um, I've been checked in. The person said I can get my ticket here. And they said, there's, there's no flight. Um, and little did I know, I had flown on Saturday. If I left Melbourne on Saturday. On Friday, they had canceled the, the flight from Ethiopia to Uganda. <laughs> but no, I had, oh, no one told me. Nobody told you. <laughs> Nobody told me. Um, and, and mind you, you can't go into Uganda. At that time, you couldn't go into Uganda unless the government booked your ticket. So the government had actually booked my ticket. Um, that was the only way I could get in. And so I was like, how did no one tell me? They were the ones who booked my ticket and everything. So I was stranded there for 24 hours, but um, it was a godsend. In Ethiopia. in Ethiopia, in the airport, and they were scaring me. They're like, there's been no flights to Uganda, and the next one out is in one month's time, so you will have to stay in quarantine the whole time <laughs> and pay for yourself. I was like, are you kidding? I can't do that. I'm meant to get married. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, um, and 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 it was amazing. God just orchestrated everything. He connected me through a friend, through this pastor in Ethiopia, who I think knew some officials and and um, talked to them on my behalf. And that pastor connected me to some to some um, friend or sister in Atlanta, um, and she was helping me. She was I didn't know these people. And they were calling me. They were they writing were, to the they airline. They were connected to your husband, right? No, not even to my husband. It was a friend from Malaysia. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it was just God. And then God sent wow. another person. Um, I only had Australian dollars on me, um, and obviously my my card, my credit card. Uh-huh. And there was this guy who had. He was about to, he was meant to go to Kenya. He was coming from the US. He was meant to go to Kenya to visit his family and then go back home, go back to the US. And they, before, just as he was boarding, they stopped him saying, You can't board because we've lost, we've lost your luggage. And he's like, That's fine. Um, you know, when you find my luggage, just send it to me in Kenya. But they didn't allow him to board. But I really think that was a God, got like, you know, divine intervention because Ethiopian Airlines wasn't accepting my credit card. They weren't accepting Australian dollars. And the only way to get out was to fly to another country um, and I had to pay in US dollars. This guy <laughs> paid for my ticket first in cash with his US dollars um, and without him, I would not have been able wow. to get out of the airport. I honestly think God intervened and, um, and sent him. Right. 
um, despite the struggle, he's like, I'm going to make a way. <laughs> um, and yeah. actually at that time when I was stranded, I said to God, I said, did I hear you wrong? I even questioned it. I said, did I hear you wrong? Was I not wow. meant to leave Australia? And, and now I'm going through this because I made the wrong choice. I heard you wrong. And so <clears throat> I asked God again when I arrived in Tanzania because we had planned for me to, to go to land in Tanzania and then from Dar al Salaam take a, a, a flight to the border of Uganda and then enter Uganda by road. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, so, wow. Um, but at, during okay, that so time how- in Tanzania, I said to the Lord, I said, God, I'm so confused. Why has this happened? Why did I have to go through that? I need one more word from you. I just need one more word from you. And mm-hmm. on that domestic flight from Dar es Salaam to, I think it's called Bukoba, um, I so happened to sit next to an American missionary. He was traveling with three of his companions. And at this point, I'm so down and I'm like, God, I'm so confused. And he starts to make small talk with me. He didn't know I was a Christian. I didn't know he was a Christian. To be honest, I just didn't want to talk to anyone. And he said (laughs) to me, and he just randomly said to me, he's like, this may sound really weird, but I just want, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you. He goes, I don't know if you're a Christian or if you you believe in, you know, anything, but I just feel like Mm. the Lord wants me to tell you that he's so proud of you and that he, you're so strong and you're so brave. Oh my God, that almost brought me to tears. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and then he said, the minute I saw you, if the minute I saw you and I saw you coming onto the plane, um, mm. I felt this strong presence about you that you're so different and something about you mm. stands out. Um, and then he wow. goes, um, you have no idea. The, you don't even have a fraction of what you don't even know the fraction of what God has in store for you it's huge cool. and he and I said well actually I am a Christian and and he goes and later on he goes the word fear I, I keep hearing I've heard the word fear three times he goes you don't have to tell oh me a story gosh. but I've, I've 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 heard the word fear and I need to ask I can't keep quiet he goes don't don't have to feel like you have to tell me a story but I'm here if you want to talk so I briefly told him what happened and and how I still wanted to honor my parents but you know, I hadn't received that blessing yet and everything. And he said to me, um, he gave me those exact scriptures that I had as a confirmation before leaving Melbourne, which was in Mark, Mark 8 and Mark 10. And he was like, wow, like I heard those scriptures, you know, that was the scriptures God gave me, but to get a second confirmation, the exact same (laughs) scriptures. And then he said, um, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And he's saying, and, and, and in that scripture, the passage he, uh, where Jesus is in the boat and he silences the wind and the waves, he goes, Jesus is calling you to join him at the front of, the, front of his boat to rest in his presence. And it was just, oh my goodness, he quoted scripture and he said, the, um, the Lord knows the thoughts he has for you, that plans of good to give you a hope in the future. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I needed that one last confirmation just to know I'm on (laughs) the right track. (laughs) And I love that because there are so many people who Mm -hmm. aren't moving across the world (laughs) who are, are, (laughs) it could be like which job to take or Mm -hmm. even like they're dating someone or whatever it could be that are just saying, I need one more word. And even if he's already said something, like I need Mm -hmm. one more word. And he's yeah. so sweet that he he gives us these things in yeah. unimaginable ways. And so once you got that word, what happened? All fear and all doubt left me immediately. Like it just disappeared. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Bye, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I said, okay, I can do this, you know. Um, it may not be the way I want. It may not be how I see it, but... The, I am on the right track, and um, I know the Lord's with me. That's all I need to know. I just need right. to know that the Lord was with me. I know you had some crazy stuff happen when you got <laughs> to the border. Oh, my goodness. And then you came in. Yeah. I, I know that in. Gideon was calling everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was <laughs> calling everyone he knew. His dad was helping him, and <laughs> we got there. Oh, my God. <laughs> he picked me up at the now, border. And dropped me uh-huh. off at my quarantine, 
hotel because I had to get I had to be quarantined for two weeks. After two weeks, three oh days after a coming out of quarantine, we got married. Three days. Oh my after. god. So, okay, so you're married. You're you haven't seen your family. No. I and... left in I left Melbourne in August, middle of August. Oh, was it okay. the start of August? I think um twenty twenty. So mm-hmm. it's almost been a year. <laughs> and in another lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> so now you've been married for almost a year and yeah. these these relationships, what do you call them? Like cross continental I don't know. Yes. There there's something there's something about the marriage in itself, but then there's something about being somewhere you've never lived before, mm, being newly yeah. married. So how have you adjusted? Like, how have you adjusted and, and what does it look like at this point? Gideon and I, um, we've, we're stronger than ever. We've been fine. We've really solidified marriage and we've, we've despite all the challenges, we have definitely um, kept it together and we've kept strong. Um, so in that sense, it's marriage has been great and it's been exciting. It's been new. There's so many things we're still learning. We were just at lunch today and I didn't realize, I mean, I do realize this, but I, I looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in Uganda. Like sometimes I'll have those moments where I'm like, I'm in Uganda. (laughs) And today was one of those days. So I looked up, I said, Oh my gosh, sometimes I forget that I'm in Uganda. And yeah. and Emma was like he he was asking about the experience and I was like, "You know what? I don't even think about it. Sometimes, sometimes I push, push like, like in, in the, the adjustment. adjustment. Yeah. It's, it's like, like that I'm constantly, constantly trying to renew my mind from 30 years, years of living somewhere, somewhere else that, that I don't even give my mind time, time to think, think about, about it. it. When, when I look up and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." I totally understand your your pattern of thought. Like, yeah, I I think the same way. Sometimes, like, yeah, you don't think about it, but sometimes when something happens and you're like, "What on earth? Where am I?" Like, I've never seen this. Before. <laughs> but, I know. Um, but yeah, I think we're in a very pivotal time right now in in this season and in our in the in the period of time we're in right now, um, deciding our future because. Um, right now, um, we've been through a lot. Like, like you know, we've we've dealt with con men. We've, we've um. Yeah, you've dealt with oh, con yeah. men. Yeah, and like literally before we got married, people... we were apartments, and um, mm-hmm. we put a deposit down on apartments, and we were, we dealt with the wrong people. So we said, Lord, never again. We've learned how, and we're never going to be robbed again. And there was little money now, little money to to com- compare to what we've been robbed of now. Um. We've basically been robbed of our all our savings and, and more. Um, oh my gosh! We wanted to invest in a business, and we did, and we dealt with the wrong people, and um, and they took everything we had. Um, so right now we're in a very time where we're like, God, what do you want? To a point where it's like we're deciding our future. Like, Lord, where do you want me? I was like, after you know, we invested in business and, and everything went wrong. I said, I just don't want to be in Uganda anymore. I said, that's it. It's too hard. And Faith, it's going to be being married a year. I haven't even lived in Uganda in a year and all my savings are gone. And so right now in this season, the question I'm asking the Lord is, um, Lord, where do you want us in five years' time? What What are you mm. teaching us in this season? Brought me to Uganda for a reason. Um, I don't want to give up just like that, you know? Um, yeah. Even though even though it's heartbreaking and painful what do you have in store for us and teach me what you want to teach me now in this season um so i don't miss out on what you have for me and and my husband um what are we doing in uganda you know and if uganda's not if we're not meant to be in uganda now where are we meant to be where do you want us um it's basically dying to self yeah forgetting everything Mm. you know to take up your (laughs) cross and fully follow him that is where we yeah. are right now. That's where I am right now. And that's in that that same passage, I think, that you mentioned. The yeah, Mark it is passage. It's, yeah. it's like you have to take up your cross and follow me. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> 
so it's Sassy funny and because, different. but I've, it's funny because I've also, you also haven't been kind. And by the way, when you say kind, like, mm-hmm. I, I want the listeners to get it. Like for right. an example, <laughs> yeah, Rob, if you say you put money down on an apartment mm-hmm. and then you show up to the apartment thinking that it's yours. And actually yeah. the person who, who, who said that this was your apartment wasn't the person in charge. It wasn't their apartment or no. like what? And then you just lost all that money. In Australia, I had no worries. I had a good job. I was comfortable. Wow. I had my family there. I had no worries. And I didn't know my security <laughs> wow. was in money. Like unconsciously, I had put so much of my security and comfort in money that after losing it, it's like, Lord, what, what do I do now? <laughs> you feel so lost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you, um, you literally, the, the beauty about that and the beauty about this is you're, you've literally laid everything down, mm-hmm. every comfort. Yeah. And, and you have received a beautiful gift of marriage. Mm. And, and there's something that happens. We've been like, Emma and I've been thinking about this recently. Like our job is the cross, pick up your cross and follow me. That yeah. he's the one that gives the life. So you pick up your cross and follow him, but then God mm-hmm. brings the life, <laughs> like yes. the resurrection. Yes. Like, so all of that dead stuff, I know that you guys are just going to be so blessed. And the security thing now, let's talk about that because that has been one of my, oh goodness. <laughs> I've had that struggle. When I tell you the security thing Mm -hmm. first, because I got here and I realized real quick, oh my goodness, I don't even know what my security was in, but it wasn't in God when I, I I had all this faith. I thought I have all this faith (laughs) and then I get here and then automatically my security was like in my husband because And it, it, all that you know, it's stripped from you. Because you don't know anything. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I feel you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, and, and then <laughs> we one day we were driving. Like, mm-hmm. we were doing immigration stuff for me to get my dependent pass, okay? Yeah. You know all about that immigration stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and we pulled up next to this building because there was this man who was going to help us out. Our pastors had mm-hmm. connected him to us. He actually was um, was amazing. Great. We pull up to the building. The car is still on. We're waiting for this man to come out. We're in town. We're waiting for this man to come out. The car is on. We're just in front of the building, not holding up traffic. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. this truck comes pulling up. They put a boot on our car, like clamp our, our car. Oh, <laughs> and then they command that. The We're in the car with oh, the car wow. on. And and then they command Emma to get out of the car. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Oh, <my> goodness. <laughs> like, talk about security. Yeah. And then, like, oh, my goodness. And I was just thinking, God, like, he's really teaching me. And I just remember feeling like he was saying, I'm here. I got this. <laughs> but it's a constant learning. Like, even when yeah. Emma has to go somewhere and I'm, like, here. Or, yes. you know, like something like that. Do you feel that too? The other night, Gideon, um, he had to stay at the prayer mountain because his last curfew and everything. It was the first night I had not been with him. I could not sleep. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't even. <laughs> Look, I would I would show up at the prayer mountain. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? And you're right. My security is also in my husband because that's all you know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So so for those listening, the prayer mountain is a literal mountain, right? Yeah. A a literal mountain that that people come to to pray. And it's, oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and there's just amazing stuff happening up there. And Gideon's family owns the prayer mountain. That yeah. people across the world come to, like, there's nothing magical. It's like they they come there and they pray. But I have heard some funny stories 
Like people oh, yeah, will be okay. like, they receive a miracle and they're like, where did you go at the prayer mountain? Where was your spot? <laughs> like, I want to go. It's hilarious. And, and yeah. so, and there's lots of monkeys. It's, yes, it's really funny. But it's so whenever nature, you're honestly just in nature and in people, right. space and you know, whether, whether rain or sunshine, people are there. People are there. Wow. See, and in lockdown, is it open in lockdown? It's open for individual prayers. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny though. So this, this security thing, it's a constant surrender. It is. It's constant surrender. Yeah, it is. In this season, I mean, you know, especially after being robbed and and dealing with um, the wrong people, um, we try and use our connections. We try and use people we know who can help us and, um, right. to recover our losses and it has been a struggle like such mm-hmm. a um just the last few days I felt the Lord saying to me um it, it even and as, as I was reading my bible it says the help of man is useless and um mm-hmm. I will not give my glory to I will not share my glory with a man with another man um and and I've really learned in that honestly I mean, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He he right. has the treasures, you know, up in heaven. And if he wanted to restore the money to us in a second, he could. But yep. he is teaching us surrender. He is teaching us yep. to lay down your life. I love your realness. I love that you bring re- your real life. The honesty that comes with your story has been Amen. so rewarding for us to hear. So I know people are going to be blessed by this and Amen. we're so grateful to have you on. I'm so Jesus grateful to be podcast. Thank Amen. you so much for having me. This has been fun. I look forward to the next one. <laughs> Look at what the Lord has done. He has given me a friend. I prayed for a friend. He gave me a friend with such a similar story to mine. And this woman is a fighter. Faith is a fighter. She has been through the travail and she has come out victorious. She's only shared even just a little part of what her and her husband have been through since she's been in Uganda. And I just know that they are being blessed. And I know that you are being blessed from hearing this conversation. I know that you are intrigued. I know that you might have some questions for God and I want you to go ask him. I want you to go talk to him about those things. And also, I want you to make good choices. I'll see you next Saturday. Actually, I'll talk to you next Saturday on Making Good Choices podcast.